We're glad you could join us for episode 84 of Fatalist. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne. Unseasonably warm today. Yeah, mine, dude. It's, uh, it's beautiful, though. It's awesome. Just got to love it while we can. Yeah, I think it'll be back to uh, what it should be tomorrow as we move into Halloween. And I, I know I sound like the crotchety old guy, but no, I wouldn't be go. just. I wouldn't be disappointed if it rained Friday night. I know. And you know, and I say that every year and my neighbors are real cool. They get everybody into two groups and then they're done. So anyway, all right, listen, I've newfound respect for my brother and I know he never, I don't think he's ever listened to any of my podcasts, but talking to him today and I, I have just the one brother who's a little bit younger than I am. Turns out favorite show arrow. Now, He's a guy, he can't sit still. He's always got to be doing something. And obviously, you know me, I'm the total opposite. Right. I don't like to go anywhere. And then we're talking further. He's seen all the Dark Angel shows back in the the day, including reruns. He's like quoting, not necessarily quoting dialogue, but certainly quoting plot details from a number of episodes that we've already done. And, And as we've said to the listeners before, this is the first time for both of us, so we don't really know. He... Knows more than I do. So, uh, you know, he gave me the perfunctory, well, send me the link of your podcast. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll send it to you. Whatever. <laughs> we are, right? Whatever. So I don't expect to hear from him, but we'd love to hear from you listeners via email at fatalistpodcast at gmail.com, uh, the website fatalist.podbean.com, where you can leave a voicemail via the speak pipe tab or just record your own audio clip and send the MP3 as an attachment. All right, Wayne. Tonight, we're here to discuss Season 1, Episode 9 of James Cameron's cyberpunk series, Dark Angel, starring Jessica Alba and Michael Weatherly. But before we get to that, wait, you know, I had so many do-we-cares, and I know we forgot to talk about it Yeah, this we didn't week. talk about it. I'm like, yeah. I, I was sure. So this is this is fresh. This is like, this. you're going to get raw reaction from me here. Yeah, yes. All right. Now, uh, just like a mini, I mean, it's really major, but we'll just keep it as the mini one. Do we care that Shaw Media which is responsible for Lost Girl and Continuum, has picked up 12 monkeys for the spring. So, I, I mean, what does that mean? I guess they've got their time travel show, The Hell with Continuum? Yeah, I guess Continuum's like, hey, hey, I'm over here. What, what about me? <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's so, like the, uh, the, you know, the, the guy, who, some big dude comes up and just starts dancing with your date at the dance. You're like, what? what but but she, she came with me. Yeah, and the next thing, she kisses your boyfriend and then puts the pictures up on the internet. Oh, wait, that was Castle episode tonight. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't even want to get into it. I mean, as I said before, I'm starting to just kind of even lose interest in Continuum. I guess I just don't have the faith that they're going to bring it back. Uh, so, but the real do we care? Okay. Th- that we also didn't talk about. Right. More. Do we care? Do we care that one of the most anticipated sci-fi series of 2014, the six-hour miniseries Ascension, is going to air three consecutive nights in December? I don't know what I think about that. I mean, obviously, I'm going to DVR them. Obviously, I'm not going to watch them live, and obviously, I'm not going to watch them, you know, in anything remotely a, a small time frame. Um, yeah, but you might be in the minority on that one. Yeah, I guess. Um, I think probably a lot of people, and probably including this guy here, um, if the first one's good, we're gonna we're gonna binge on through the next two. Bam, bam. 
Okay. Well, of course, you can stay up later than I. You know that that I also don't even get to see Arrow until like Friday. Um, oh my gosh, the hundred. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's good, wasn't it? Oh man, I mean, if you're not watching the hundred, you got to ask yourself why yeah. and and go back and watch season just, one and then season two just started. But yeah, really awesome. Really, so yeah, great show. Yeah. So looking forward to Ascension. You know, we'll see. I I I know what you're saying and. It's just for me, obviously, as you know, the it, the time is just past my bedtime. So I'll be DVRing it, right? Probably, probably binge on it Friday night, and probably fall asleep, and then pick the rest of it up Saturday night. But then Doctor Who's, who knows? I'll, I'll see it eventually. <laughs> I, yeah, I think they're just playing into you know, as we've talked about a, a lot on the show, is how people now take in their media. I don't, you know, and. uh so they're just saying, hey, all you bingers, here you go. You get to watch the whole first season of this in three nights, which is yeah. what you would maybe do anyway if you're watching Netflix or something. So Yeah, well, I'm just glad I'm not one of the studio heads and has to figure out what the hell to do with all this and, and you know, what ratings to look at. And anyway, so, uh, you know, we'll take a look. We'll, we'll certainly put our thoughts out there when ascension finally does air but in news tonight and, and you you might have to help me out if you in fact know the correct pronunciation of this guy but this was pretty big news that that appeared today the marvel universe got a huge shot in the arm earlier today when at hollywood's el capitan theater marvel chief kevin is it feggy I don't know if you even know. know. Well, anyway, he delivered an exciting look into the studio's future, which included some game-changing films for Phase 3. Now, a lot of it's pretty far out there, but I think it's still certainly of interest. All right, the Russo brothers are in the audience, and according to him, they reinvented the franchise of Captain America. They shattered and changed everything going forward, and they will be back for Captain America 3. Now, the subtitle of the film, which is due out May 6th, 2016 will apparently be serpent society and apparently there were a lot of disappointed faces in the crowd who were hoping for the title of civil war then november 4th 2016 dr strange he says i feel like i've been talking about dr strange since the day i was born nice yeah the idea of this film is to open up a whole new corner of the cinematic universe it promises visuals no marvel movie has shown before but apparently he didn't talk about what we already know is that Doctor Strange is going to be uh, Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch. Ah, uh, nice. I did not yeah. know that. Well, oh, okay. Doctor Strange was the trippiest comic book when I was a kid. Like I really I never got into Doctor Strange. Couldn't really fathom it as a kid, but it it was wild. Well, we're not done yet. He's cool. All right, cool. James Gunn, director of Guardians of the Galaxy, appears in a video at this uh, here uh, at this hearing. Sounds like I'm in a courtroom. Uh, <laughs> You're in the court of coolness. Yeah, exactly. He appears in video form from Japan to say that the sequel of Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be released on May 5th, 2017, which apparently is a little bit sooner than the previously announced date. Now I know this stuff is out in the you know two years down the road, but still. Uh, the return of one of the most popular Avengers, Figgy says, and shows the title of Thor Ragnarok. And apparently it's a very important word, he says, which means essentially the end of all things. 
expected July 28th, 2017, with Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston returning as Loki. We've got a new character, Black Panther. And apparently it's the first African-American superhero that Marvel has put out there. Uh, This film is due to hit theaters November 3rd, my birthday, 2017. We're still not done. Dang. The first superhero film from Marvel Studios to star a woman, Captain Marvel. This hero's name is Carol Danvers. And it's going to appear July 6th, 2018. Inhumans, which obviously now is kind of a tie-in to Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And as he says, it's seemed time to open the floodgates a little bit. Look for Inhumans, November 2nd, 2018. The third installment of The Avengers is going to be split into two parts. Infinity War Part 1, due May 4th, 2018. Second part, Avengers Infinity War Part 2, coming out a year later, May 3rd, 2019. Now, at this point, obviously, the crowd's going wild. Figgy says, well, you know what? I'm having second thoughts about that title for Captain America 3, and all of a sudden, a new title card appears, giving the fans what they want, Civil War. Okay, well, we're still not done. Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans walk out from opposite sides of the stage, you know, do the whole fist in the air thing when they meet in the center, and this is heartbreaking to me. Evans says, I can't believe something would come between us. Yeah, well, you know, get used to it. Sometimes you just got to pick a side, said Downey. So, you know, again, who who knows what? But I know some people will say, oh, it's three, four, three years down the road. Oh, I guess even five years with the one film, 2019. But it looks like we got a lot of Marvel goodness on the horizon. Yeah. So, okay. I'm just checking this. Okay. Like, Captain Marvel, is uh-huh. it, that's a that's a DC character. Believe it or not. Well, I don't know if I said if I did, did I didn't no, mean I, to. No, you're right. I checked it. They, they just so I'm trying to figure. Yeah, I did. Captain Marvel. Now this this report, you know, I took all of this out of the Hollywood Reporter report of this, and I'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, it's quite a long story, and it pretty much goes uh, minute by minute what was said. Uh, you know, during this press conference, and it was pretty good stuff, but it was just was too long to put everything in the news tonight. So right. yeah, we'll have to look into that. Yeah, but, that's a, okay. Yeah, cause I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. I'm, I'm confused. Yeah, but so there maybe there's uh, there might be a Marvel Captain Marvel too, but the like Captain Marvel is like Shazam. You remember? You ever see Shazam? Do you remember when I was a kid? That I, I, was I like do. My, I mean, was, not certainly to the depth that yeah. you do i'm sure yeah but. that was that was like my favorite cartoon when i was a kid was shazam like but uh, this little kid would say you know shazam and he turned into captain marvel this guy in like red spandex with a gold uh bolt on his front all right cool so. all right well listen why don't we get to dark angel which is uh the main reason we're here and, and we're looking at episode nine of season one blah blah woof woof which aired December 12th, 2000. And, you know, we, we figure out what the meaning of the title is. You know, Max is playing chess with Logan. She beats him for the fifth time and then tries to, you know, get him to come out with her. And he really is, you know, kind of balking and she's blah, 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 woof, woof, whatever. So, <laughs> right. That's, you know, I don't know. Yeah, that was weird. Well, the episode was written by Maura Kirkland Decker, who. Turns out, wrote eight episodes of Dark Angel, seven of Castle, and two of Arrow. 
directed by Paul Shapiro, who did X-Files, Millennium, Supernatural, Roswell, Smallville, True Calling, Continuum. He's directed quite a bit. But He's been around the block. He has. And, you know, I think we both agree, really good episode. Yeah, well, um, it's got Brian Markinson in it, so. Absolutely, you know, and I'm almost surprised it took nine episodes to get Markinson in it, but, you know. Regardless, he's got a little more hair than we're used to, and it's right. a little darker than we're used to, but it is 14 years ago. So anyway, opening scene, like I said, Max and Logan are playing chess at his place. She decides she wants to go out and have fun. I think she says like a bunk, a bike stunt contest and talks about having some fun, asks him to come, and then she mocks his refusal, you know, alluding to his quest to fight evil and all that. But I think the key thing, though, is... After she leaves, you notice him in his wheelchair, right? Right. And, and he's kind of squirming around like he's in obvious pain. At this point, we don't really know. I mean, obviously, we figure it's... I don't think we knew that they left the bullet fragment in him. No. No, they definitely didn't. I think that's the writers came up with that one when they figured they needed more conflict. Yeah. And again, we come back to wondering, you know, and again, we've got, I believe it's 43 episodes for this show over the two seasons. Uh, I I wonder, is he ever going to get out of the chair? And, and he does certainly tonight in the dream sequence that we'll talk about. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm hoping that, you know, they take the bullet fragment out and miraculously he can walk, which is probably going beyond the bounds of reality. Well, I think they might do it just because it's, uh, you know, an advanced society that was at the time it's made 20 years in the future. So, uh, the idea that you know we could have either some kind of prosthetics or exoskeleton or something that could get him back up, you know, his feet again is you know entirely possible. Right. I, I mean, you wonder if it'll end up anything that's been developed by Manticore. So now, speaking of Manticore, the other scene that we see in this opening segment, then we see Lydecker working with a computer sketch artist to come up with a sketch of Max, which. He then puts into a wanted poster a $50,000 reward for the murder of Vogelsang. And you know what? At first, Wayne, I, I had forgotten that it was Zach that killed Vogelsang. And right. Well, I, I missed the, the poster. I didn't see, like, why. And so when Zach's like, oh, you know, she's being set up for something I did, I'm like, what did he do? I can't remember what he did. Yeah, but now, right, Vogelsang. Right. But so does he really think it was her? Or does he know it was uh, Zach and he figures this is a way to draw her out? I, yeah, or? I think he doesn't care, right? Okay. He just knows this is a way, like you said, to draw her out. Now, I think I, we don't know at first that they're coming up with a wanted poster. Like, Lydicker's just like, oh, make that broader and bigger and everything. It's like, uh, did you ever see Weird Science? I did, yeah. Yeah, you know, so they're, like, they're on the computer and they're like trying to make the perfect girl and everything. And uh-huh. it's like, kind of reminded me of that. And then, you know, then they pull the, the page out. And it's, oh, they're making a wanted poster, not, you know. Yeah. Is that Kelly LeBrock? Yep. All right. Uh, well, you know, the other thing that I thought was strange, did you notice what he was doing with his hands the whole time he was talking to the artist? I uh, did. He's got the uh, Captain Quig steel balls in his hand oh yeah you know and i'm thinking like geez what's up with that i mean you know queeg was well you, yeah. all right you've seen that yeah, right? I mean, on, uh, no wait became mutiny became mutiny, became mutiny. Yeah. right and, and i mean obviously he was over the deep end and, and there's no evidence that 
you know, Lidecker is over the deep end, even, you know, being frustrated about not being able to bring in the 12. But but still, I, I again, we'll see. I I, you know, maybe just, he is. That's just a good de-stressor, you know? Yeah. But yeah, good catch of the Captain Queek thing, though. That's... Yeah. Now, you know, I usually try to figure out how to break down the episode in terms of <clears throat> storylines. It was a little tougher because there was a lot more overlap even than, than usual. So, you know, in, in one of the first scenes, obviously, Max is attempting to evade capture and, and the Seattle police balk at deploying the necessary manpower required by Lidecker. And I don't know what is his agency. I don't know if we've ever actually heard, you know, maybe we have and I just missed it, but whatever, I guess we've always thought that the Seattle police were at his beck and call and I guess they've kind of had enough and and the guy basically says no. But he handles it, right? Right, yeah, pulling the gun on him. But and, uh, I think you know what we've seen is the the police on the street are in this show are extremely corrupt. And like seems seemingly always looking out for a handout, right? And we saw that with uh, the guy. Was it George in the apartment yeah. with the the cops who took her motorcycle? And now here, so it just I think graft is just such a part of their daily life that he's not afraid to just even throw it out there. Some government guy, hey, you want us to actually do our job? Well, you know, you better cough up some dough. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked several times about the checkpoints and what the purpose is. And I'm wondering, are we ever going to see and you know, we've talked about whether they're keeping people out or keeping people in. And I think we agree they're probably trying to keep them in. Like what's outside there? You know, it's almost is it going to be like the Hunger Games that, you know, outside is District One and everybody's living like, uh, you know, 18th century Paris, you know, with all these excesses, and and I, I'm just uh, no, I, I think it's just they have everything segmented, uh, the city of Seattle, and they are very carefully monitoring the basic flow of traffic, so that you really yeah. can't go beyond a few blocks away from where you live. Yeah, but why? Control. Okay. Yeah, you know, I right. guess. I, I I I mean, I don't know, but my theory is that this is like we said, a police state, and okay. they found this that the effective way of keeping people in their place and keeping trouble from it really happening is keeping people locked up in their segments, preventing them from going and seeing other groups, other people. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. That's what it seems to me. Okay. Well, Max has to deliver a package to South Market Street, which I guess we've been there before. It certainly looked familiar. Normal even tells her to beware. She probably should be packing dangerous part of town. She's got to go through a checkpoint, which now has her sketch. We see posters of her going up all over the town, and she recognizes it, and her manticore training kicks in, goes into evasive mode, and calls Logan, but he's at the doctor at that point, I believe. So, you know, he he doesn't get the call. Right. And, you know, just really putting up wanted posters like, when's the last time you saw a wanted poster? Well, no, I agree, but I, again... And this is supposed to be in the future. Well, it is, and and I, obviously they have television transmissions, because we, right. we've certainly seen plenty of that, and you would like to think they're probably going to do it there, but, you know, I guess you have so much of the society there that's... And, and again, they're putting these posters up in this poor part of town, so maybe they figure they're more likely to get a hit. But who's going to... Who would pay... Yeah, I'm just saying. I know it's just a TV show, but... You know, who's going to pay it? Who's going to pay any attention to that? Uh, who, who would ever pay attention to, to yeah, I guess so. all those things? Well, she gets Especially stopped. Especially if it's the same one all over the place. You're like, yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> blah, blah, woof, woof. Right. 
Uh, nice. <laughs> you like uh, that? So officer stops her. She tries to sweet talk him, and we've seen that before, and sometimes it works, usually not. So she elbows him in the face. And um, now... Oh, right. No. Okay. I, I was looking at my notes. I, th- I, yeah. saw, I thought she'd need him in the nuts. Oh, no. That was the other dude. Yeah, right. And so now Lydecker knows she's in the South Market Street area. And I'm telling you, dude, there had to be like 100 soldiers deployed in that small area. Yeah, they got there pretty quick. Oh, my goodness. And uh, uh, Cindy then nearly gets her caught when she calls Max, who's got the beeper. And, and again, it still cracks me up. You know, I know this is 2000, but... Um, I don't know about you. I never had a beeper. No, no, never, never got part of the beeper thing. I never, I never want people to actually get in touch with me. So, well, there is that. Yes, um, <laughs> yeah, it's even a problem. I with took telephone. A, quite a few of them, though. It, yeah, so in my well, time, you know me. I don't even answer my telephone. So, right. now that, of course, now that I know you recognize your number. Um, I only have to call three times now before you pick yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the other part of the storyline, you know, Logan and Zach working together which i thought was pretty cool i I thought that was a a nice plot twist uh but first we see that logan's told by her his doctor who as you mentioned brian markinson told that he needs surgery the bullet fragment uh that they left in is migrating and is likely going to cause more damage and might even leave him as a paraplegic so obviously the, the the question about you know do we leave it take our chances which are probably not good or we do we do your suit or do we do surgery, which is still risky, but probably your best shot? And obviously, he agrees to do the surgery. But again, it's and um, not unlike what we saw last week, where you you have a choice, but you don't have a choice. Right. Yeah. Uh, now you know Zach, who again I think we even said last week, wondering whether we were going to see him again and how much we were going to see him. He sees a poster, and and I'm asking like, why is he still in town? I thought he left. Right. But, uh, he's, you know, this protectiveness, I guess. You know? I guess, but there are others to protect that you would think. Uh, well, and also, as we kind of find out here, at least in Logan's opinion, he's you know, got a thing going for Max. Too, yes, so. he does. Um, well, he goes to Jam Pony looking for Max, and Max calls Cindy. Zach takes the phone and, and obviously now knows where she is. But he does the smart thing, Zach, that is. And again, nobody's going to accuse him of being stupid and and you know he certainly is Lydecker's child I mean you know in in the sense that he is well trained he has not forgotten his training he goes to Logan for help and I'm sure it pained him to have to do that yeah clearly it did and he shows his impatience throughout yeah um you know with with Logan and obviously he feels Logan is uh, a lesser form of life than than he yeah, and and I mean, uh, it, you know, it also comes up that not only is he protecting Max, but he's also not going to let her take the fall for something he did, right? I mean, we know he killed Vogelsang, and and that was a point of contention between uh, Max and him. But you know, still, he, he he's come back and he's going to take responsibility if it does come to that, which obviously it does to a certain extent. Sure, but but his you know like his first plan is let's you know, run away together, right? Mm-hmm. He only is forced to play the card at the end when, um, you know, when Max doesn't go with him. Right. Well, Logan has credentials that will get them through, I don't know, any checkpoint. Certainly it got through them through this checkpoint. And then he drops Zach off, who's got, you know, the big black duffel bag. And I, I don't know, is that 
considered a zip line what he was setting up uh yeah was it a zip line or was it just a just a cable that they yeah just i think just a cable that she she swung down right right oh oh right 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 she didn't she didn't zip down but but as i saw because he had the grappling hook and everything i'm like oh more more star wars yeah because he did that uh last week um escaping you know they had the grappling hook rope swung her across and everything so right now she's on the move per you know we assume the plan with zach soldiers start shooting at her uh despite lydecker's call to hold their fire and you're again you're wondering it's like you know these guys they better not hit her i mean obviously we know she's worth a lot of money dead but clearly lydecker doesn't want her dead yeah no doubt but you know these guys boys with their guns they get their their mojo up and they're gonna shoot at anything yeah, well, you know, as she says, we used to play this game all the time at Manicore, escape and evade. And, and obviously, she was very good at it and has not forgotten her training. We've got the cabin. So Logan sends Max and Zach to a cabin of his 30 miles north. And I did happen to look at a map of uh, Washington State, and that, that puts them pretty darn close to the Canadian border. Right. And he, in fact, says he wants to cross into the border immediately, but... Kind of gets, uh, I guess, I don't want to say convinced, but, you know, they do spend the night there. Uh, you know, at the cabin, Zach unexpectedly brings out a bottle of wine, although, as she later <laughs> tells Logan, ah, he's a fun guy. You should see him get his drink on at the X5 reunions. <laughs> but, he, yeah, he, well, that, you know, that's, he's, he's like ready to celebrate, you know, like here's super serious Zach all the time the the soldier boy and uh now he's you know kicking back the bottle of wine like oh now now i got you to myself kind of well you know but he does also say later on that that what you think i don't want a normal life you think i don't want to have friends and 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 have somebody i care about and that cares about me and and all that and like you mentioned a few minutes ago i mean it's clear he cares about her and has a thing for her which it doesn't seem as if she reciprocates really, but right. still he's, he knows that she's kind of grooving on Logan. He's just trying to, you know, squash Logan's swerve here, man. I don't like that. Now he tells her about the morning of the escape after he got away and, you know, that he saw the people and it was just normal and all, you know, his first morning as a free man. And then he does that thing and like brushes her hair away from her forehead. And, you know, part of me wants the same things, friends, someone to care about, but, Obviously, that's not really, uh, you know, what's in the cards for them. Now, Max, uh, she cannot sit still here. You know, it, it's uh, it's not in her nature. She feels like she's running, and, and she doesn't really want to run. She calls Logan, but Bling answers and learns from just hearing the sounds in the background that he's in the hospital, and, you know, she gets the truth out of Bling, and the next thing you know, she's hightailing it to the hospital right and this is obviously exactly what zach doesn't want right he there which by the way first of all running away to canada like seriously that's where you're going to be safe like with a organization like manticore i'm thinking the canadian border is not really going to stop them from chasing down uh max and zach but anyway, again, TV show, let it go, right? Well, yeah, but I guess you could argue that it's that's even more rural than 
Washington State, although that's pretty hard to do. Although, you know, out in West, Western Canada, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty darn uh, not, not, woods, not, woodsy out there. Not very overly populated, right. You know, Max had told Logan that she was going to miss him. And, you know, and this, uh, we probably should have talked about this a few minutes ago before the yeah, cabin. Yeah, just kind of skipped right over that. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. So, so they're in the car. Max, you know, uh, Zach's already gone inside. Max tells Logan she's going to miss him. You know, we obviously, it's like this is goodbye. Oh, no, they didn't. Oh, did they? Oh, yes, they did. <laughs> and full on. Been, it wasn't just, it wasn't just a little peck. Like, no, it know, was goodbye. not. And, and she initiated it, which right. was, you know, which was unexpected although you know i think on the other hand i think logan the character we know he would not have initiated he would have felt like no it's it's going to be up to her if she doesn't know that i like her at this point which is kind of a stupid thing sure you know but but, but, but I, we're all stupid though we're all stupid love you think well we are and it's and again you know we, uh, logan is in a wheelchair but so but it's not it's easy to forget that he wasn't in it less than a year ago and and um, look he's a good looking guy we know he was married had an attractive wife was a little duplicitous but little uh, still uh, but you know so, so so we'll see you know and it's like she even mentions why don't you come with us and he's of course well i'm just going to slow you down and and which and, is kind of true you know like i mean yeah. he's but wh- why does she want him to come i mean is she falling for him or does she need like a chaperone around Zach or something? Well, that could keep be. his hands to himself. Yep. All right. um, well, you know, it's but it's one of those things. It's the intensity of the moment. You know, here they're they're feeling a lot of things at once. Um, they're saying goodbye, which they assume will be forever. Yeah. And it just kind of comes out. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously Max has been on the run her whole life, and, uh, and you wonder how many times she said goodbye, but but again, she's, what, 19, 20 at this point, so, uh, you know, this, this may be one of the first really significant relationships she's had where she's had to say goodbye, and even though they hadn't consummated any kind of a romantic relationship, it still was pretty intense, like you yes. said. right. So... Well, to jump back to the surgery, because I kind of got out of order here in the discussion, but uh, it seems to be touch and go with Logan. He starts bleeding out, and while he makes it, apparently he's lost so much blood that that his pulse and blood pressure are dangerously low. But as a nod to, I guess, the fact that while you know not maybe a total third-world country, because they obviously have surgical uh, hospitals available, they don't have enough of the blood that he needs. So Max has come to see him. Turns out that they thought at Mandacore would be a good idea if all of the kids were the same universal blood type. Sure. Nice little plot point there. Yeah. So she pulls the needle out of his arm, sticks it into hers, and starts donating her own blood to him. You just never know when you're going to have to give a quick transfusion, you know? Well, you know, but again, that was probably part of their training. Like she said, sure. I mean, on the battlefield, if one of us needs blood, the other can give it. So uh, she seemed pretty comfortable doing that. All right. So then, you know, we see her lie down next to him. And I guess as she starts losing blood because she's given it to him, you, you it's even see the color kind of drains out of her face. Sure. She starts getting tired, lies down on the bed next to him. And then we have, which I think is maybe the most pivotal scene in the whole episode, although like we were kind of talking just briefly today 
we don't really know what it means or or even whose dream it was and that's of course the dream sequence right yeah. they're at a ball and they're both dressed in i guess you could say formal attire though logan's still in the wheelchair mm-hmm. she coaxes him out of it by telling that even though you can't walk you can dance and the next thing you know he gets out of the chair yeah we were talking about this earlier about whether it's her dream or his dream and i kind of facetiously threw out there well maybe they're kind of meeting on like you know neutral ground and you know i kind of like the idea more the more i think about it because it seems like they both brought elements of themselves to this dream yes absolutely yeah. and and he, and when you even said that i i didn't take it that way that you you know i thought you were being serious and 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 again i mean it is a science fiction show i mean we are in the future and um you know that that's certainly something we've seen in other shows you know even like fringe where they you know they hook up you know two people although sometimes one of them's dead um but but you know that whole idea of what did you call it the mind uh i I can't Uh, remember the words you used earlier today but (sighs) the whole idea that they were both in the same dream together at the same time and then the question you know like you said they're bringing parts of themselves is it important to know whose dream it is well on the one hand kind of is it both their dreams you know functioning together overlapping i guess yeah you know? yeah it's it, it, i kind of hope they go more with this because it's just such an interesting moment how physical closeness somehow manifested itself on uh on a you know more metaphysical plane um, yeah. So that'd be a cool mean, thing for them to you know, get into more later on, I would think. Well, sure. I mean, is it his desire to get out of the chair that gets him out of the chair? Or is it hers desire for him to get out of his chair? I mean, is is she frustrated that he can't get out of the chair? Well, sure. Just as I'm sure he's even more frustrated that he can't. But I think the other telling thing, though, is as she starts to wake up, she says, don't leave me. Right. And I, I mean, is this one of these things that she's afraid he's going to die? Is this still part of the dream? Is it, uh, you know, who knows? Yeah, but- I, well, I just think it's, it's part of her. I mean, people have been leaving her, her whole life, you know, or she's had to leave and she's never had, as you said before, really any kind of sustainable relationship. This could very likely be the, really the first, sustained relationship she's ever had and you know what would be your greatest fear then you know what's your greatest fear when you're dating a hot chick you know she's gonna dump me you know she's yeah. gonna take off well that's what i hear i mean it didn't exactly happen yeah i know well i'm just trying you know, yeah, from <laughs> from what i've seen on tv and movies yeah, and stuff yeah. you know i never really um, actually happened well she wakes up she mumbles that and then of course the security guards come in and take her away and we figure that's it and and again now when i say that's it we kind of know that even if lydecker gets her in his custody which is what i expected to happen i just figured she'd have to get away somehow but that's not what happens right they take her down to a holding cell with a bunch of other uh women well i don't you know pretty sketchy women that's for sure and apparently she hasn't been recognized eventually because zach confessed and i guess the idea was these women were brought in because they looked like max that they were i mean what were they bringing in anybody that was a woman 
And because Zach confessed, they were all released, including her. Right. Yeah. So, and, and, uh, you know, and then the great irony there that you know, he was like, don't, don't go there. Don't form these bonds because don't, you know, like care for other people because that's what's going to get you caught. That's what's going to, you know, get you in trouble. And, um, you know, and then basically saying, so you're going to sacrifice your freedom for him. Yeah, that's what she does. She sacrifices her freedom for Logan. And uh, so then Zach turns around and sacrifices his freedom, at least temporarily, for Max. Yeah, and, you know, it's nice to see Lydecker do the sensible thing because, you know, he gets that call. Apparently, there's good news. And he, of course, thinks that it's Max that's been captured. But as you mentioned, it turns out that it was Zach turning himself in as Vogel sang's killer. And then, uh, you know, Max watches as Zach's taken away in a military vehicle. And he does the right thing, Lydecker, that is, which, you know what? Take your win and live to play another day. Because he even says that uh, he thinks he's worn out his welcome with the Seattle PD and that uh, it's probably better to just go back to, uh, where are they, in Montana? and uh, uh, Wisconsin, right? Yeah, I think it's Montana, but... Any, anyway, um, someplace up there. The other thing about the, you know, this scene is that, you know, they take Zach away in a helicopter. And then later in the episode, we find out that the helicopter crashed and that there was gunfire on the ground. And look, obviously, the burning question is, did Zach survive? You say yes. I say, yeah, probably I'd say, of course he did. I mean, that's... Yeah, I know. No, we, we were making fun of them earlier today just for even insinuating that he didn't. I know. Or that there is even any possibility. Of course he survived. Right. Now, you don't think Lydecker was on the copter. I just wasn't sure. I don't think so. I, I, I didn't take notes about it, but I seem to remember him kind of saying, assigning someone to go get, you know, take Zach. But, yeah. uh, and, and obviously he's not because I've seen his IMDB page, so... I thought you weren't going to look. No, I, I was just joking. I, I, oh. I, <laughs> no. But I just, I, I, I would be I very, very doubtful that they would kill off Lydecker already, too. Especially, you know, you know, Bradley had a whole drinking game yeah, attached to Lydecker almost missing uh, Max. So, you know. Good point. All right. Saying. Now, uh, I've held off talking about Normal and Jampony, and, and, and I'm... Uh, I think I'm finally calmed down. I'm, I, I was I, letting you go. If you didn't want to bring it up, you didn't want to talk about it, I wasn't going to make you. Right. I'm okay. Um, but, I mean, it was certainly part of it tonight. And, see, tonight I was fine because it did play into, you know, really the overall storyline so that, uh, you know, Sketch is kind of the first to notice the resemblance in the uh, Wanted poster. And, as usual, Cindy has to put him in his place. But she's certainly concerned enough to call Max's pager Normal sees the poster as Sketch is trying to hide it, and you know we know what Normal's going to do. Yeah, of course. But and the funny thing is, is how he says he's not doing it for the reward. Like, I believe him. Do you really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, he's he's just a douche. But he's wow. like he's just a straight. You know, he's just a straight edge, and we see this. Um, the whole thing. It was so weird. It was like funny because it was so weird. Because he's so weird. Like, yeah. we th- like we think a lot of the times I used to think that he would say things and like being kind of sarcastic or tongue in cheek, but no, that's, he's really like that. Like he's just, 
And uh, like the one time where he's like, he says, I need to go to the bathroom very, very badly, very badly. You know, just like, it was like weird lines like that. He has loads of them and everything. And, uh, you know, I kind of believe that he really wasn't necessarily looking for the payoff, that he just wanted to see justice done and a, a murderer brought to justice and all that. Yeah. See, I figured he could still be a dick and take the money. But um, the thing that I didn't understand, in what parallel universe does leaving Sketch in charge make sense? <laughs> yeah. That, that was, well, in in the parallel universe that you want to make funny scenes, you know, the, uh, I guess out of but, context, right? It's like well, you're still gonna make, comic it's, technique. It still could have been funny. I mean, you put Cindy in charge and you can still, still have yeah, humor, but. but she's too like competent and with it, you know, like she would be, actually be able to probably like run it normally and everything. And we wouldn't buy it if Cindy was flubbing it all up. I got what you did run it normally. The Normal. what? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah That's yeah. right. I did that on purpose. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. that clever. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I run it normally. Yeah, 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 yeah. See? That's how... I don't even know how smart I am, Dave. That's that's the crazy thing about this whole thing. That's, that's the curse, man. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, if Herbal had been in charge and, you know, he went off and, like, you know, burned a spliff and then came back and, you know, spent the whole time eating Doritos or something. That might have been funny. But really the funniest is where you find the guy who's absolutely least qualified to be in charge and you put him in charge and, you know, that's that's comedy we can all appreciate. Yeah. Now, he goes to the police station. I'm here. I'm just here to do you guys a solid. And he throws, I forget what else he said, but fortunately he's being interviewed by Logan's friend, the detective who had been alerted by Logan. And this guy does his best to weave a circuitous route, even going so far as saying that if normal identifies the girl, his life's going to be in danger, which, uh, you know, like you said, so I don't know how many hours he keeps him there, but eventually normal mouths off one too many times and he gets locked up throwing the clink. Yeah. So uh, that was pretty funny, but you know, again, I mean, look, I I know it's comic relief, but it's almost as if I don't want to say normal's true colors showed tonight because I don't think we ever doubted, you know, you know who who he's behind and that's just himself. But I don't know. I was pretty telling. Yeah, for sure. Especially you know when you just see that. I mean, he is just like nor. I don't. I wouldn't say he's like a normal person, but he's there's not like a second layer to him. Yeah. yeah. Like what he is, that kind of abrupt and strange and I don't know the third word to use, but yeah, just that, that weird dude that he is, that's what he really is. It's not like he's not putting on an act or anything like that. He's just this kind of weird, but straight laced guy. Yeah. But, but I mean, the irony is Max is probably his best rider. Well, anyway, uh, see that's he doesn't care, right? Uh, he just right. wants to see justice done and everything. Right. I guess. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, final segment: Logan's out of danger. Uh, Max is in the hospital in his room. He's you know he's conscious now, and she's eating his food because uh, you probably don't want it anyway. <clears throat> yeah, that's hospital food, though, man. How hungry do you have to be? Yeah. When then Logan tells her that he cares about you, and I don't mean like a brother. And then Max starts humming the music from the dream. Well, from he, the car. 
and he well i think it was the same right yeah yeah and and logan recognizes it and it's like i don't think he recognizes it from the car he recognizes it from the dream and that that's possible and then they're both a bit uncomfortable and i guess is it about the kiss or is yeah. it about the dream that they're uncomfortable? Oh, you know, I never even really thought about that. I just assumed it was the kiss. Yeah. Now, you know, it'll be interesting in the in the forthcoming episodes whether or not they revisit this and and talk about what happened. It's almost like, how could you not? Yeah. Well, you know, it's just it's an awkward thing. You know, like they had this moment where they thought they were never going to see each other again. And then you see each other again it's like um okay yeah you know like what was it that uh there was that episode of taxi i know this is really going out there but it's uh what latka is caught in a uh, in a snowstorm with a female client and they feel like they're they're gonna die they're gonna freeze to death unless they have sex so they have sex and uh and and then they live so then, you know, you get to this point where you're like, oh, well, you know, what happens now? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, the more I think about it, there's not really an analogy there at all, but I was just kind of impressed. I remember that scene. Yeah, cool. All right. <laughs> well, anyway, the final scene, and we've already kind of talked about it. The uh, Max sees the news report about the helicopter crash. You know, the fact that there was gunfire at the crash site obviously implies that, that there were survivors. Mac, uh, Zach probably got a gun away from one of them and is probably, you know, Probably in Canada by now, but regardless, now one one scene that I I meant to mention earlier that I thought was pretty cool, and it was while Max is hiding from the police in the market, and she's hiding behind, it's like kind of like a makeshift wall, which like, and, and you can see the the wood wooden planks. There's space in between each of them, right? So there, it lights up only her eyes. Mm-hmm. A la eyes only, uh, yeah. which you know I thought was a, a nice touch. But, nice catch, uh, nice yeah. catch, Dave. Well done. Yeah. So, uh, anything else about uh, this one, which was definitely a good one? Yeah, yeah, very enjoyable. Liked it a lot. Um, well, one thing is you know how normal keeps saying like where the fire truck is, Max. So whenever he, you know, instead of saying the f bomb, he says fire truck. So that's actually this joke that made the girl across the street cry. Um, when my oldest was like maybe five years old and this girl was the same age, they were at daycare together. And one of the older kids said, what word begins with F and ends in K? And the girl across the street said the F word. And the other kid goes, no, fire truck. And then the, the girl, Jamie, just started crying, like burst out. She was just inconsolable because this kid like tricked her into saying the F word, you know? Nice. So when I heard him saying that, I just uh, told I her, mean, not nice. That was right. bad. It was very mean, <laughs> but uh, it, it was funny. And it was really funny when they told me, because uh, in you know the car ride home, I went to pick both of them up from daycare, and uh, you know Jane was all distraught. And when I got them to tell me the story, it was one of those things where you trying to be show them you're upset, but also try not to laugh too much. <laughs> yep, it's like Castle tonight. I don't know whether to be angry or proud. I'd like to thank you guys for joining us tonight. And if you'd like to send some feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Emails to fatalistpodcast at gmail dot com or voicemails via SpeakPipe, which you can access through the Fatalist website. We will be back next week to talk about Dark Angel Episode 10 titled Out. And I have to tell you, Wayne, 
I inadvertently looked at the plot summary. Yeah, looked good. But it looked real good. All right. No, don't, don't, no spoilers here. No spoilers. So, until next week. Okay, well, I've got, this is a warning from your Uncle Lydecker out to all those teenage boys out there that sometimes when you grease the palm, it makes the fingers slippery. <laughs> <laughs>